This is episode 33, Becoming Influential with David Bonifacio, part 1. Mabuhay and welcome to the Best of You podcast. Each week, we give you an inspirational person or message designed to empower you to go further faster. This is Jessie and this is another day to inspire Filipinos around the world. Hey guys, and welcome to today's podcast. A very exciting interview to share with you, David Bonifacio. So how will I describe David? Entrepreneur, social worker, writer, artist, and value hunter. <laughs> um, I've really enjoyed my time with David, not just in, in, in this interview, but subsequent encounters I've had with David. Really, really impressed, um, really authentic, and really passionate and that really stands out. And I, I'm sure, I, well, I know that you, the listener, you're going to sense that and feel that from this interview. So David, well, Manny, he wears many hats. He is the managing director of New Leaf Ventures, which is like a sister company of the Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf, which I'm sure most of our listeners are familiar with. In the New Leaf Ventures that David has responsibility It's a private investment firm, so it focuses on technology companies um, and technology-driven s- service companies, in not just in the Philippines, but in the region. So he does have a massive um, passion for creating practical value. And that was the one thing that I took from David. Not just about theory, 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 but application, application. Very practical. He has a lot of experience as well. For those that are familiar with the Real Life Foundation, which is very much supported by Victory Church here in the Philippines, David was actually the first executive director for that. And also David has done work with Habitat for Humanity. So many, many hats. Got a chance to sit down with him. This is a two-part interview. And yeah, check it out, guys. I think for anyone who wants to... Be- become an entrepreneur or learn about application of principles, of success principles in their life, I feel that you really will learn a lot from listening to this interview with David. Okay, that's enough for me. Now check out this interview, part one with David Bonifacio. David Bonifacio, thank you so much for inviting me to your office today. Welcome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking some time out to speak to us and our listeners today about, uh, well, some insights that you've learned on your journey. Well, I'm going to ask you the um, question I ask all my guests at the beginning, and that is, what has given you joy in the last 24 hours? I, I really enjoy the the small texts of my girlfriend. Okay. You know? So I think that's something I really enjoy, because mm-hmm. she, she's quite random. So she, she breaks through the, my very well scheduled day with some of these random texts that I really, really appreciate. Mm. Yeah. So she's kind of funny, yeah. Inspiring? Uh, more funny, you know, <laughs> it's more like, um, more more relaxing yes. and more like, um, she'll have some weird joke that, you know, that she, like, I get why she finds it funny, but I don't know why it's funny, but it's funny that she thinks it's funny. So I find that really relaxing, yeah. Oh, cool. And if you look back at this year, or you can go further, 
in terms of before we get into the details of your business and the different yeah. hats you wear, because you're a man of many hats, <laughs> how what compliment have you received that's that you're most proud of? I don't know. I really don't know. Um, have you heard of the Wemmings? No, tell me. So it's a great story. Um, this is a long answer to your question, but it explains why I don't know. When I was a kid, my parents taught me this story by Max Lucado. Okay. And it was about the Wemmings. And basically, in this in this town or the city, I, I don't remember the details so well, was you had two kinds of people. People who had dots all over them and people who had stars all over them. And what happened was... In that, in that place was when you did something great, you got a star stuck to you. Okay. And when you got, did something wrong or bad, you got a dot mm. you know, stuck to you. You failed, you got a dot stuck. Mm. And, then, um, and in the whole town, though, there was just one person who didn't have anything. Didn't have stars and didn't have dots. So naturally, the guys with stars would get their heads big. You know, they would be proud. They would be, you know. And um, the guys with a lot of dots were, you know, lack confidence, discouraged. Mm. And then in the case of this one guy, he was neither. Right? And I think that story stuck with me where and he said that the secret was you don't have to let it stick. You know, where if you get a dot, don't let it stick, let it slide off and it will slide off. You get a star, let it slide off. Mm. And just let keep letting it slide off. And so so maybe that's why where, you know, someone says, Good job, just like thank you, let it slide off. Or you, you have a failure, you you see what you need to learn from it, and then you let it slide off, mm. and you move on. So maybe that's why I don't know. Like, I don't really think about, like, oh, you, you know, you're you're known for this. Like, um, I guess it's just, all right, thanks, and then we just move forward from it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Excellent. And would that be, uh, no, this is very interesting, because I've never heard that story. Yeah. At first, but I've, I've often heard the dangers of, of receiving of you know a compliment can be received the wrong way. Yeah, yeah, and you yeah. can allow it to go to your ego. Yeah, I think be grateful for yeah. their intent. Okay. Right. Thank you for the compliment, and I appreciate that you think. But I and I I also know that, um, just like, you know, we're we're not, we're not, a collection of what the best things people think about us and the worst things. Right. We're mm. like we're we're more than that in the same way that. We can't take a snapshot of a person's mistake and say, this is who you are. We can't also take a snapshot of a person's success and say, this is who you are, right? So that's why I always just take everything sort of like, thank you, and then let it slip away. Mm. I try to, right? I'm, I think I'm naturally prone to pride as it is. Mm. So at least this thing helps, you know? Yeah. I, w- I want to build on, before we get talking about um, some of the hats you're wearing, but what about... Quotation, and I know that you've yeah. read a vast amount of material, and I and recently I've started to follow your blog and some of your poetry, which is beautiful, yeah. beautiful stuff, which we'll get into later. But for you, is there a particular quote or verse or something that's stuck with you that's really helped you on your journey? There's, there's a lot, you know, like some of the ones that are coming into my head is like one is the one in my email signature, which is the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and mm. expecting a different result. You know, yeah, <laughs> they say it's Einstein, right? So I guess it is. That's like, but so, yeah. but I think that's something that's stuck, right? If something's not working, yeah. you got to change it up, right? Um, um, from the Bible, like I was, I was just reading the the famous verse of David when he was saying, uh, when you was saying that part where what's what is man that you're mindful of him, 
you know, the son of man that you care so much mm. for him, you know. And, and and that part, I really think about, you know, that whole idea where, because I know myself better than anyone knows me, right? And I know that, um, I know that there, like, that there's definitely stuff that I need to work on, that mm. I'm not going to put my dirty laundry, you know, on my blog, right? Mm. But I know that God sees all of that, yet He's mindful, and yet He cares, mm. you know, and I, and I like, and I, I really like that, that verse, and I shared it in Habitat also, where, like, wh- while we were yet sinners, while we were incomplete, while we were not meeting the standard, mm. God loved us. And mm. I think that thing really s- sticks with me. Um, that's another great quote. And then, but there's another quote that I ran into from one of my old blogs, and it's this reminder that um, everything has a, everything has, um, has value, right? Mm. But not everything's priced, right? And so sometimes, basically, it's a reminder to me to, um, for me to keep checking what things are worth, right? Everything is worth something, but not everything's priced, right? I think that was the, that was the code, mm. where it's like, what's this thing really worth? You know, mm. where, you know, so kill ourselves for an expensive car, is it really worth that? Is that really priced the way it's supposed to be priced? You know, something okay. like that. So, yeah, so I would say those. But I think, I would think that Einstein quote would be sort of like my go-to quote. Like, everyone here hears it over and over, right? They're like, oh, I tried, yeah, but if you're doing the same thing over and over, same right? other thing, yeah. yeah. Then it's, you're not, you're not convincing me you're not crazy, mm. you know, something like that. Uh, so, yeah. Well, I'm going to continue on with my difficult question series. Okay. <laughs> what I'd like to maybe ask is in books in the terms that have transformed your thinking that would you recommend to someone who's maybe not as a massive reader I think the first thing I would recommend is um, to to learn how to read the way I did okay? so I'm not I wasn't my parents told me that you know I, and I heard it over and over even from things I would the little articles or th- they said there's no one who became really great who did not read or learn a massive amount of information. It's just, it's be- and the reason is because you can only achieve what you believe is within the realm of possibility, at least within the realm of your, for example, the Wright brothers, because they believed that you could fly, right? They really believed it. They were able to now work towards achieving it. No one will ever achieve anything that is, that's up beyond their realm of possibility, right? At mm. least from an intellectual or imagination level, right? And so, but I knew I needed to read, but I didn't like reading. Mm. In fact, um, I tell this story, and it's a true story. My Bible, when I was a kid, had a lot of saliva marks, drool marks, because I would try to read it, and I would fall asleep on it and start just drooling all over it, you know? <laughs> um, and so, uh, and I would have it, and I would wake up, you know, my face is creased, the page is sticking to my face, you know, something like that. And so I wasn't a reader, right? And so what I did was I forced myself to read one page every day, mm. one page, you know, I would talk to my older brother. That guy's a reader, right? Like, this is not, like, that guy's a reader. That guy, and he has photographic memory. Like, he's he's like that, you know? And I would talk to him, and I would wonder, like, this guy is so smart. You know, he would be, we would be kids, and he'd say, like, pass the H2O, please. You know? That's how he would ask for the water. We were like, nerd. You know? but, the, but he was so smart, and I said, I wanted to be smarter like him, right? And so, he said, I need to learn how to read. And I, I hate reading, so I'm going to read one page a day. Mm. Force myself. Then that one page became two pages, three pages, four pages. Then it became one chapter. Mm. Okay? And so that one chapter became 
one chapter from multiple books mm. a day. But so the, the thing I would tell people is, first is that discipline of learning how to read one page. Force yourself. Mm. And, and then pick a topic that you're interested in. Because what you're learning is not just the information from the book, but the discipline of reading. Yeah. So I would say that would be my first advice. Like force yourself to read one page a day. Mm. Okay. And then next is um, start forcing yourself towards more than one page, two pages, mm. three pages, and then one chapter, and then mm. move forward from there. Mm. So I would do that. Then you can go into the subject matters, right? Mm. Like that discipline of reading one page a day, um, then you can get to what would I suggest, right? I think I like... Like, when I was first starting in business, I read a lot of Four Dummies books, mm. you know, where subject matter books. For example, I'd be like, I would try to raise funds, and then the guy goes, your accounting sucks, so I'd go buy accounting for dummies, right? Mm. Or I'd look at Wikipedia, Google, anything I can get an accounting and start reading it. And so, one thing that really helped was um, f- hitting a wall and then saying, okay, what can I read to break through this wall? So mm. I think that's one, you know, at least... I know I need it, so I might as well read it, you know. I personally really enjoy reading novels and stories. Mm. Um, but let's say business books. Yeah. Like business books that transformed. This is not a business book, but I highly recommend it. It's South by, um, I think it's by, is it Ernest Shackleton? Something like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, like that's definitely a book I recommend everyone should read. It's awesome. It's basically, um, it's an adventure story. It's a true story. Of, I think they were going to the South Pole. I, I, I need to get the details right, but basically they, they, they got, they were, their ship got frozen up. They had to bail out and how they survived and made their way back. It's just crazy. Mm-hmm. And it's a true story, mm-hmm. you know? And then I, I like one of the parts there where I think they were down, they were down to, they were walking and I think they were down to four people. And they were saying something like, it felt like we were five. Or they were down to three, it felt like we were four. But they, they kept saying, like, it felt like there was someone extra on our team. Like, it's, it's almost like there was another presence there the whole time. Mm. And they were talking about God. You know, and I thought that was awesome. You know? mm. So that would be one book I would highly recommend. Another book I would really recommend for business is Creativity Inc. Creativity. That's by Ed Catmull, the CEO of Pixar. That's a very, very good book. I think another really good book would be Snowball. Snowball, okay. Yeah, I forgot who wrote it, but it's on Warren Buffett. It's a thick book on Warren Buffett. Really okay. good, yeah. Creativity nice. Inc. was good. Snowball was good. Um, we'll link this all in the show notes, listeners. So there's yeah. all the books. This, uh, you know what an easy way to go about it is? I keep a Pinterest board of the books yeah and so like of the different books I read whether I like it or not I just sort of like stick it up there it's okay no I just wanted one oh, <laughs> I, know, okay, I, okay. I know you they, they, they give me a vast like okay. but I think that's fantastic yeah. bestofyou.ph if our listeners go there you'll be able to see all the links yeah. to the books that David's recommended so David in terms of your journey into the business world what is the best advice you have ever received I think the single best life advice I've ever received I got from my parents, mm. um, which is to constantly run to God. You know, like where, um, and I don't even think they told me like explicitly David run to God. You know, it's just yeah. this just the 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 idea that 
No matter what happens, you run to God, right? You mm -hmm. succeed in business, you run to God, you say thanks. Yeah. You fail in business, you run to God, you ask for help, you know, you ask for peace, you ask mm -hmm. for rest, you know, all those things. You make a huge mistake, you ask for, you run to God, ask for forgiveness, mm -hmm. ask for help, you know, ask for grace, ask for mm -hmm. mercy. You do something good for someone else, right? Or you have, the, you have a burden for someone else and you, you ask God for wisdom, mm -hmm. you know, you ask God for open doors. And I think that would be the biggest advice. And um, I can't say I've done it perfectly mm. or even close to perfect, but it's a good, it's sort of like a good calibrator. Yeah. You know, where you did something great and you're, you're, you know, you're, you want to punch the air, you're happy, and then it's like, then you realize you're getting proud, right? And you're mm. like, well, I didn't run to God, so it helps you become, you know, helps get you back. Or you did something really bad that you're not supposed to do, and you're like, you're, you're condemned. He goes, you know what? Again, run to God. Yes. Right? So I think, and it's simple, right? It's really simple. You could be a kid, you could be an old man, you could be a guy, a girl, you could be anything, and it applies to you. Yeah. You, know? you could be highly successful, you could be struggling, and it applies to you. So I think mm. that's an interesting thing. Yeah? I love that. It's beautiful. Thank you. And in terms of... Oh, this is a book then, The Road to Character, the Road by to David Char Brooks. Okay. That's a good book, yeah. Excellent. We'll link that as well. <laughs> yeah, okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. The, when you think of the word successful, who comes to mind? You know, like, the, so, okay, so maybe a few faces that came to mind, right? I would yeah. say, like, someone like Abraham Lincoln. Okay. You know, like, the whole idea that you could, you know, trigger and need the emancipation of, you know, of slaves. Yeah. That's an awesome life. You know, that's like a, whoa, you, you, you know, you fought through this thing, you know, I think that's huge. Um, I really, like, the Steve Jobs story really resonates with me. Mm. Just because of, like, that, I like the comeback, I like the, the sheer, bit, the transformation, the things he learned, and, you know, I, I like that. Mm. Successful. Hmm. Yeah, I, I kind of am having a hard time. It's okay. Yeah, I think it's because it's like, um, like there are a lot of rich people, mm. there are a lot of business savvy people, yeah. there are a lot of, you know, like billionaires. I mean, there's more now than ever, right? Yeah. But I think success is really. Um, like for me, success is achieving your goals. Yes. Right? So I don't really know what their goals are. And so whether they achieved it, then, yeah. you know, like whether they, they were happy with it. So I think that's one. But, yeah. It all hinges on the definition of success. Yeah, it all hinges on what they were after. You know, yeah. if they got what they were after, then I guess they're successful. But, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I'm not... Yeah, like I'll read it. I'll read these great lives to learn. Mm -hmm. And then... And just like it, like I won't get stuck with the personality, I'll get stuck with the inside. Yeah, know? so I hear you, yeah. yeah. So I don't, <laughs> I'm having a hard time answering it. Yeah, no, it's good. Yeah, yeah. these, these inqu questions are supposed to be difficult. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, David, let's talk about adversity, yeah, and setbacks because I know, and this is, um, if I reflect back on all the interviews, this is the part of the interview personally I learned the most from because <laughs> I feel many times myself, yeah, yeah. and I always like to hear people's personal stories, but. Could you share us with us a setback that you learned the most from? Okay, maybe the the toughest. Like I've had a few, and 
And one of the things any businessman will tell you that it's something you you need to be comfortable with. Mm. You know, um, if you're not if you're hitting one hundred percent of everything, um, this is from Google, right? If you're hitting one hundred percent of everything you've aimed for, then you're then you're dreaming too little. Yeah. You're trying too little, right? Because you're not doing anything that's beyond your comfort zone. Now, if you're not hitting you know seventy five percent of what you're aiming for, then you're probably um, not good enough for the for the things you want, right? Yeah. But but having said that, um, so it's setbacks are an ongoing thing. It's not like you you break. Th- we have this sort of myth where I break through this period of hardship and then it's sweet spot all the way moving forward, right? Mm. It's not true. It's something that you're gonna as you keep stretching yourself, you're gonna keep hitting setbacks, right? Mm. So one one of the setbacks that I've had to undergo was I was running a business that had a lot of debt and just having to fix that. Um, uh, you know, it took years. You know, maybe eight years. To, to get it on even just cash flow positive and, mm. and so the, the difficult time there was it couldn't pay me it, for a period it couldn't pay me at all you know mm. um, it's very embarrassing reputationally also because having to go to the bankers and say hey I don't have money I have to pay you this amount mm. it was a big amount you're talking about eight figures you know mm. and so here and in Hong Kong you know so it was like um, a lot of debt and I was 23 at the time so a lot of your preconceived ideas of how your career is going to take off and all of these things, you know, just got shattered, right? And yeah. so, so that was that was really really tough. Um, and then there was a period where I really couldn't afford a lot of the stuff that I was used to. So I learned how to you know lower my lifestyle, you know, mm-hmm. spend a bit more on the stuff that really mattered. And then so I think that's where I lost my appetite <laughs> because I started eating less because I couldn't afford to eat enough, you know. <laughs> mm. But it was but it was good. So. But the, but I think what happened there was um, what I didn't get financially, I made up for with the character building. And mm. I think a lot of people um, don't put enough premium on character. Mm. You know? And it, that period also gave me a lot of insight, forced me to really dig deep. So I would say like one of the, one of the things that, um, one of the big lessons in adversity is not an original lesson. Mm. It's actually a, it's a it's an age old lesson in the Bible, mm. right? And it and it got me from this. Everyone has a dream, right? They have these fantasies of what they want their life to be. Mm. But the Bible says that he who chases fantasies will end in poverty. I think it's in one of those proverbs. You know? yeah. And and then and then it, yet it says also that hope never fails. Yeah. So hope and fantasy are basically like. You know, in your head, you're imagining a greater future, or you're imagining a greater situation, right? And they're both, but the difference is not that they're both imagining a greater future or a greater present. The difference is in their process. Mm-hmm. And so, the the process of fantasy is um, you imagine this future. I want to be this. I'm going to own the world. I'm going to be great. All these things, but you're not willing to pay the price for it. It's all in your head. It's all like, I'm just thinking it through, right? Yeah. And what a lot of people don't teach us is the thing that the Bible teaches us, which is, no, don't go for fantasy. Go for hope. Now, how do you get hope? The Bible says, um, uh, suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. Character produces hope. And hope never fails. Mm. And so the point there is, a lot of us want the hope 
And the Bible says, yes, that's what you should be going for. But the process of that is by getting your character, in the case of Christians, to be more Christ-like, right? Mm. And that comes from what? Persevering amid suffering. Mm. And, you know, you can change the word from suffering to adversity or whatever. Yeah. But persevering through times of hardship, suffering, stretching, and allowing God to make your character more like His, and in the process, you become the kind of person that can handle that load, kind of person that can handle that kind of pressure. Yeah. And then all of a sudden now, you know, you realize, hey, you know, the hope, what, that's where the Bible is so ingenious, right? It's, it reminds us that you find hope not from this change of circumstances, but from a transformation within you. Mm. you know, and so the circumstances may have not changed, but you've realized that you as a person have been transformed. You know? mm. And I think that's where people really find hope. And I think that's where I'm grateful for that adversity. Mm. Where maybe, because you know, your circumstances don't change right away, but you change first. Mm. You know? And so I realized that, okay, I'm going to have to face this thing for a couple of more you know, years, but... I can face it gratefully. I can face it courageously, you know, because things have transformed. Mm. Yeah. So I think th I, I would say that was one of the biggest ones. This, I'm, I'm actually taking notes, yeah. listeners, as I'm listening to David. But one of the things you said that really resonated with me, that you are grateful for the adversity. Yeah. Can you talk to the listeners about this who are maybe going through adversity right now and they, they don't feel that word grateful? Yeah. If anything, they feel resentful. And a lot of our listeners... And I, I can relate to this because I'm, and David, I'd like you to share as well, close to quitting. Yeah. Whatever that may be, whether it be a relationship, a business, yeah. um, parts of the faith even, maybe a dream, even yeah. the country. <laughs> yeah. So what did, how would you talk to that person who is going, going through such a, a challenge right now and, and is close to quitting? Like anyone who's ever not ever felt like quitting isn't doing anything worthwhile. <laughs> you know, it's like, if you're, yeah. if you're never, if you never, you know, that there's this famous quote, I think it was Mario Andretti who said, um, if you feel like you're in full control, you're not driving fast enough. You know, so basically he's saying is, you need to be pushing yourself to a point where you're getting stretched, right? And the point you're not comfortable. I think, I think the problem starts, um, because humans, like society today, their main goal in life is to reach a lifestyle sweet spot. Mm. And the further away they are from this lifestyle sweet spot, the, the worse they feel about their lives. Mm. And that lifestyle sweet spot is many times dictated by what they see on social media. And so, um, it, even for people who are not so materialistic, let's say they're spiritual, they still have their own version of a lifestyle sweet spot. You know, I wrote about it in my blog where, you know, like, they look at someone's marriage, you know, some famous worship leader somewhere yeah. who looks great, you know, he's big, has the new in hipster beard and carrying his baby and his wife looks hot and like, oh, the closer, and he's Christian, mm -hmm. the closer my relationship looks like to that, the better. The further away it is, right, this guy likes me but doesn't look anything like that, I don't like him, you know, it's like... You, we have these unrealistic expectations out of life, yeah. and I think that causes us to be frustrated. Um, and I'm not saying not to have big dreams, but I am saying that your life should be more than about um, should be more than about achieving a sweet spot. Hmm. Because when it's more than achieving a sweet spot, then your happiness and your joy and your drive isn't isn't dictated by your sweet spot, hmm. right? 
what happens is your your if you if your sweet spot defines your joy, right, or your motivation, then when your lifestyle doesn't look like that, then it's not then you're not going to be the same. You know, you're not going to be as motivated. You're going to mm-hmm. feel like quitting. And so the problem with that is, your your motivation be circumstantial, mm-hmm. right? But I but I think one of the things that um, that really helps is like here's what I would say, right? The thing that helped me during my point of adversity of not quitting was reframing my situation. Yeah. Which is, obviously my situation didn't look like my dream lifestyle. Hmm. But there was a reason for me going through it. There was a meaning for me going through that period. And there's some basic meanings that we can all look for. Number one is focus on not what you're getting, but who you're becoming. Yes. You know? and so, I, for example, in my case... The money wasn't going to come anytime soon. I mean, in many ways, it still hasn't come, right? But it was making me wiser. It was making me deeper. It was making me simpler. Right? I realized that I could live, I could live on um, fewer meals, you know, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And, so we, and so we could live on these few things, right? Where, um, and so that, that really helped, you know, where, okay... I'm not getting to the sweet spot I want, but I'm, I know deep inside that this is making me stronger. I know deep inside that this is making... I think the other thing that it helped, helped me also is it, it... I reminded myself that this was a chance to meet God in a way that I had never met Him. Mm-hmm. And so what do I mean by that? Where <laughs> I remember some of my prayers, right? Kind of ignorant. Um, I would say, God, you know, you know I would, I've been praying and it's been... You know, I've been asking you for answers to my problems and you haven't answered. You know, like I thought you were a good God. Right? And I thought about it and I, I had this perspective where let's say there was a husband and wife and the husband's business tanked, right? Is the wife a good wife only if she says, Hey, you know, you know, say David, I you know, I'm gonna pay off all your loans. Or is faithfulness also seen from her just staying with you? despite you not having anything. Mm. And I realized that it was God showing me that I want to st- I'm here with you even though you've failed everyone else's standards because I'm more concerned about you and spending time with you than you meeting the standards of everyone else mm. because I'm concerned about you. And I would never have learned that if I had always been in my sweet spot, in my comfort zone. Never. Mm. Because you would never have had the embarrassment, never had that, that condemnation mm. that allows you to run to God and say, what's the purpose of this? And then God says, so that you learn that even at your worst, I love you so much. Mm. Right? And so when you have something like that and you keep reframing your situation right, and you keep running to God, then it becomes real to you in another way. That's powerful. The... Uh one of my favorite things of what you just said there is focus focus not on what you're getting but what you're becoming yeah I think I'm reflecting as well as um, some of my adversities and yeah that, it was because of my mindset wasn't in the right place that I was yeah. my biggest enemy not the circumstances yeah and you know like like you take these lessons with you like up to the day right I have like one spoon at home you know it's like you don't need a lot and you'll never learn that until you have nothing 
You know, like, and then you realize, I don't need it. Doesn't matter. You know, you don't need ten spoons. Yeah, different yeah. <laughs> you don't. It's one person at home, right? It yeah. is, and you don't need a lot of the things you thought you needed, and you don't need a lot of the praise or respect or self-esteem or outward. You don't exactly. need any of that, right? Because exactly. you're you didn't have anything, and and then you you didn't die, right? Mm. You're fine. You know. So last question yeah. on university. Now this is. It's sensitive for a lot of what well, everyone because I believe yeah. everyone is fighting a, a hard battle, but in particular, adversity from loved ones. Yeah. So maybe they're not getting the encouragement they would want at home. Yeah. Or their family or their friends, their spouse. How? What? How would you talk to them, David? What advice would you give them when they're when they're getting that discouragement from those that they love? I the think most? that's super hard, right? Mm -hmm. Again, frustration comes from not getting what we expected and. We expect the most from the people we love, right? And that's why when they don't give us what we expect, we, you know, we re we respond this way and like, hey, you know, you're not giving me what you're supposed to give me and all these things. But I think that's where two things come into play. I think number one is, um, like, everyone goes through rejection, right? I think, but because the people we're expecting that type of love from are human beings, right? They're they're also limited. They're limited not just in their ability to love, they're, they're limited in understanding our own needs. Mm. They're limited. It's just, like, even if someone expected me to be, a, like, be like, as loving as possible, like, it's impossible, right? Yeah. I will do my best and it's impossible. And so, but there is one person who we can expect that kind of love from, and that's God. And so, mm. I would say number one is, take your eyes off man, including yourself, you know, right? mm. take your eyes off Oh, my mom's not doing this for me. Oh, my dad's not doing it. Or my brother or my sister's not. Or my boss is not doing this for me. Mm. And put your eyes on God. Right? Because yeah. He's the source that, that won't run out. Yeah. Right? And I think that's a great time to really, like, say... Um, it's a great time to really say that, hey, you know, it's a great time to learn it. You know, it's like, you know, I've been trusting on sources that will run out. And, and so what happens is when you're full from God, then you can appreciate them for what they give you, not for what they don't give you. Exactly, yeah. But the second thing that I would do is, it's also a great time to pay it forward. Where, like I, like I always tell people, you want to be loved a certain way, first make sure that you're loving the people around you a certain way. So for example, a lot of students say, yeah, you know, my dad doesn't do this, my dad doesn't do that. And I'll be like, okay, what do you do for your dad? How do you make your dad's life better? Because uh -huh. at the very least, he feeds you, and he houses you, right? At the very least, he makes your life possible. He may not be the sweetest guy, but at the very least, he does that. What do you do for him? And so, it's very easy to point out how people are failing us. Very difficult when we turn it around and say, I'm, a, I'm useless. I need to spend my time not whining about what people don't do for me. Start using that same time thinking about what I need to be doing for others. And so... That's what I would do. Because mm -hmm. what it does is, A, you get your fill from God. B, you get your eye off, eyes off yourself. And you don't notice your emptiness. You notice others' emptiness. And what happens is you now start living a life of helping them. And what happens when you do that? You get more meaning. Mm -hmm. Because your existence, you now realize that me being alive every day helps make this person better. Helps make yeah. this person. So there's no, now more meaning to your existence. Mm -hmm. And that will make you happier. Right? Mm. And I think, so that's, it's not complicated. It's actually all in the Bible, right? 
Yeah. And it's a great book by Viktor Frankl, right? Man's Search for Meaning. I was thinking of that while you were yeah. talking, yeah. So so I would say that it's not original, right? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Nothing I'm gonna say is original. Yeah. But the but the but the main idea is get your eyes on God, get your fill from him, get your eyes off yourself, put it on other people. Mm. And then in you see people always saying you love yourself, right? Right? If everyone loved themselves, then no one would love anyone. Right? It's that simple. <laughs> but if everyone loved everyone, then everyone would get loved. Yeah. Right? If there was 10 people in a room and we told everyone, love yourself, how many people love you? One. If there were 10 people in a room and said, everyone love everyone but yourself, how many people love you? Nine. Yes. Right? And so that's sort of like counterintuitive to what's popular today, <laughs> but it makes sense. Exactly, right? yeah. And you will learn to love yourself more because you have nine people affirming you. Yeah. Because you, and you're, you're, they affirm you because of the, the way you made your life, like a, sort of like an offering, you know. Yeah. So I think that's interesting, yeah. Wow, it's packed with wisdom and practicality, David. Very, yeah. I really appreciate that answer. Really do. But it's not original, right? It's, I know. It's been around. I, yeah. I appreciate your humility that you recognize that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think if it was original, you'd be a very wealthy man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if I knew how to take advantage of that. Yeah. Right? Hey, guys, and that is part one. Please go to episode number 34 to catch part two of that interview with David where he will share more and more insights. Whew, one of my favorite interviews. He, very authentic, very authentic man. And uh, I really, yeah, I really believe that you'll take more, more from this interview once you listen to part two. Um, in terms of my side, I just want to encourage you guys that to go to the show notes, to leave comments on what you took from this interview. Please go on our Facebook, social media, on our website, bestofyou.ph where we want to engage with you. We want to hear how you found this interview. And if you found it a practical use to you, please share. Please share with those people that you care about. And yeah, the, we want the more people listening to these guest interviews, the better. And also, if you're a sponsor and you like what you hear, please get in touch. We want to partner with you. We want to get, get this message to as many people as possible both here in the Philippines and around the world, to really help people uh, move further, faster, and to become the best version of themselves. So you can contact me directly, mike at bestofyou.ph. That's mike at bestofyou.ph. Now go and listen to part two of this, inter of this interview. Okay, take care, guys, and until next time.